Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Diane B. I am a recovered compulsive eater in New York. Today is Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Today we're reading in the big book, and we are on page 68, first paragraph, beginning with we reviewed our fears, ending with it was cocky. We're reading one paragraph only today. Today's readers, let's see. Well, for the steps, 12 steps, we'll have Barb W. For the traditions, we've got Jen P. Nancy P. is reading our text. Pam SR will be reading page 164. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, newcomer greeter, Jeannie B. Second hour host, Matt JF. Thank you for Team Thursday. Thursday? Yes, thank you for Team Thursday. The reference numbers, yesterday, Wednesday, March 15, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting was 20,052. So that's 20052. For the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Wednesday, March 15th, we have two, um, two call numbers because we had a little bit of a technical glitch. So it's 2053 and 2054. So that's uh, 20053, 20054. OA Preamble. Overuse Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each member has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. A division for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which is suggested as a program of recovery. And will um, Barb W. please read our steps. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Barb W. gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Um, and now we'll, um, let's see, traditions. Let's have Jen P. please read us the traditions. Thank you. Hey, Diane, this is Jen P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey, and grateful to read these traditions. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you so much. Thank you for everybody's service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And although we we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted, and we request that you do not use your speaker function as that creates background noise. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 68, paragraph one, beginning with we reviewed our fears and ending with it was cocky. Um, so now I'm going to ask Nancy P. to get us started. Take it away, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Uh, Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. We reviewed, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper, even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. 
Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. So, based on my list of resentments, I would have thought that my fears were insurmountable. But actually, my fears, the list of my fears, was actually pretty small. The book is exactly right. My resentments are not connected to my fears. My fears are just part of who I am. And I have six fears. I counted them. Not getting what I want, not getting what I need, someone taking something from me, um, fear of other people's opinions, and abandonment. Is that six? Something like that. Um, When I wrote them down, they sat there in black and white and simultaneously seemed both puny and also like a gateway to a fathomless darkness. By this time in the process of being guided through, I was really grateful that I only had to wait to be told what to do and then I would do it because I was pretty paralyzed. And going through these steps with someone bearing witness to me helped me corral my fears so that they didn't own me. Um, Getting past fear wasn't because I have an appropriate relationship with food. It's because I talked through them and all of these steps with someone in whom the problem had been solved. Then I talked about recovery, not about myself, but recovery with everyone I could. I made hundreds of calls starting the first day my sponsor told me the rules. And that was the real breaking away from my old ways that didn't work in favor of something new, which did. I never talked to anyone. I lived my whole life sneaking, cheating, hiding, and lying. I could only do that for so long and then my fear would get the better of me and I would be off and running again. And I didn't see that as self-reliance. I just wanted to be left alone. Um, I always ask my sponsees, how's it going for them doing it their way? And then I immediately say, don't answer that. Not well if you're talking to me. And, you know, that was cockiness. When I did that, that was cockiness. And it definitely (laughs) didn't make things better. It definitely made things worse. worse. You know, thinking I could do it without other people. And I'm rarely crippled by fear these days. My problems seem to just go away. And sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. And I don't care because either way, I'm okay. Um, I know that other people are the most effective way to deal with fear, that I deal with fear. And it says so in the book. Nothing contributes more to the rehabilitation of these men than the altruistic movement now growing up among them. Not the food plan. Nothing ensures immunity from drinking more than intensive work with other alcoholics. You know, my sword and shield are my spiritual wakefulness and my surrender. But I also have this thing that takes care of me no matter what. It's good for me. But the army that fights the good fight for me is the horde of people who support me, who came rushing in to help me when I only asked them to. They saved me every day when I thought I'd never stop crying over my daughter. They picked up the phone when I called. They talked to me and they listened to me and they called me on their own. And they do double duty, I guess. Talking to other people is how I don't do things myself. And I guess, you know, as an agnostic, I guess talking to other people, if I had to put a word on it, is how I pray. I'm not very good at praying, so I don't really do it very much, really, like at all. Just a reminder. Yep, I'm just done. I'm not very good at any sort of relationship with this thing that takes care of me, but I know one thing, and that I feel it most acutely when I talk to other people. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks for getting us started. Um, Let's see. So, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So I'm ready to now take people's names. Please give me your first name, the initial of your last name. Chris G. Chris G. Rivka R. in Baltimore. Rivka 
R. Marilyn. Les- Leslie W. Nina. W. Wait, Leslie W. and somebody else W. Nina W. Nina W. Great. I've got Chris G. Rivka R. Leslie Cheryl W. L. W. Cheryl, Cheryl L. New L. York. Cheryl L. New York. I can take one more. I didn't hear you. I thought someone tried to put their name in. One more. Okay. I got a great line up here. Chris G. Rivka R. <clears throat> excuse me. Leslie W. Nina W. Cheryl L. So Chris G., uh, please give us where you're from and go for it. Three minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody today. And uh, thank you, Nancy P., for uh, getting us started. And um, so my name is Chris. I spell it K-R-I-S. I live in Tennessee, Eastern Time. Uh, so we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper. I did not review my fears thoroughly, and I did not put them on paper. But this morning I did, and here they are. Fear of failure, also fear of success. Fear of people. Fear of abandonment. Fear of being wrong and fear of making mistakes. So there we go. Uh, Don't see any uh, resentments with any particular people associated with these, so I must be on the right track. Uh, And um, we asked ourselves why we had them. Um, Geez, I don't know. But was it it because self-reliance failed us? I remember when I was young being afraid. Uh, I, I didn't talk. I, I, I was shy. I, was, I, I remember people saying, cat got your tongue. And, and this, uh, 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 some of us had great self-confidence. I think my self-confidence was real, but also uh, a sham. Uh, I never uh, showed myself, myself, my real, you know, authentic self to anyone. What I did was I tried to be what I thought they would like. And so that is not rigorous honesty. And, um, and when it makes us cocky, it was worse. And when I was cocky, people didn't like me very much. I found that out, that, that if I was comfortable and I just let it all hang out, people didn't appreciate my, my style. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I learned to, to be fake and phony. And, and, um, and so now... Uh, uh, trying to be rigorous, honest, or not trying, but learning and letting God motivate me and letting God have the control and not being overly responsible for other people. Wow, what a difference. And I am ready to pass and hear what other people have to say. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Chris. Next, we have Rivka R. from Maryland, followed by Leslie W. Hi. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Rivka R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Baltimore. Well, fear has definitely caused loads of havoc in my life. Um, it's so true that it underlies everything for me. And it's always because of self-reliance. And it's, it's not you know, healthy fear, which we need to stop us from things that will injure us. It's, it's a destructive fear. It's a fear that really hurts me and others because... This fear is really a destructive belief about myself and others. It's not based on any reality. It's fear of discomfort, fear of who I am, 
like last year, you know, fear of making a mistake and fear of being inadequate, huge fear, uh, fear of failure and insecurity that has robbed me from any joy and love and connection I could have with others because my fear, when it's not, when I'm not honest with myself about what's really going on, comes across as anger. I always had this, you know, conflict with my husband. He'd say, you're angry. I'd say, no, I'm just anxious, you know. But it's really damaging to, to relationships. And it used to be the only way that I would not feel fear, you know, this destructive self-reliance fear, was to keep something sweet in my mouth, like all the time, which obviously the consequences of that are, are pretty uh, awful. Um, but now I can do this fear list, which is a really powerful process for me. And I use this fear list all the time, not just when I do a fourth step, but I I find it helpful to be um, very specific with whatever's going on, like not global, like not I'm afraid of dying, but but what about dying really frightens me? Like the more specific, the better. There was a situation a while back that was causing me tremendous anxiety, and I I sat down and started writing a list of all the things that I was afraid of connected with it. Uh, I just listed the fears, and I came up with a list of 65 fears about this one event, um, and I went through the list, and one by one I said, God, I have this fear. I named the fear. I said, please take this fear away. Show me how you'd have me be. I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, and wrote down whatever came up in my mind, and then went to the next one. Um, it could be a word or phrase. But, you know, Whatever came up, I just didn't overanalyze it or anything. I just wrote it down. Um, and I went through the entire list like this of 65 fears, I told God I had the fear. I asked him to be removed, close my eyes, asked how he'd heal may be. I wrote down what came up. And when I was finished, I read over the list on the right side of the paper. And I was able to face this event with peace and joy instead of all this anxiety. This process has never failed to realign me with the truth, which is what really brings me real relief and joy. And I've done this process with people who are not addicts. And, you know, like It just never fails. I'm so grateful for this process. So thanks for letting me share, and have a wonderful day. I pass. Thank you, Rivka. Next we have Leslie W. And Leslie, would you please give us your, where you're from? Yep, Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, thank you for your service and for all of those um, making this meeting happen today. Um, it has truly saved my life and continues to save my life to this day. Um, God is at work here. And I wanted to comment on self-reliance. Um, self-reliance is defined as reliance upon one's own powers and resources. Um, self-reliance took me pretty far in life, um, but it wasn't far enough. <clears throat> not far enough for me to stop from spooning the peanut butter out of the jar or um, doing a drive-by snack with a plate, of a plate of brownies. Self-reliance often equals willpower, <clears throat> um, as other people understand the word willpower to mean. And I think that's pretty pretty evident to us as compulsive overeaters. You know, we've all heard the the line, we'll, we'll just use your willpower. <laughs> Where's your willpower, Leslie? Why can't you just push the plate away? 
Why can't you just moderate? Why can't you just intuitively eat? Why can't you just eat smaller portions? Why can't you just, no, because that's self-reliance and self-reliance is only going to take me so far. Self-reliance to me is allowing my mind to, in recovery today, what that looks like for me is allowing my mind to wander into the what if. What if this happens? What if that happens? How am I, what, what am I going to do? To project, to assume things about the future, to worry. When I worry, I'm basically saying to God, giving him the middle finger and saying, I really don't trust you. I don't trust you, so I have to figure this out on my own. Um, there's always self-reliance instead of God-reliance when I have a fear. Fear can be real or imagined, just like resentment. They can stand alone or not. <clears throat> Anger is also an unresolved fear, and I also realize that when I'm angry, it's also because I'm afraid. Usually fear is behind most of the uncomfortable emotions that I have. Not always, but 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 usually. Um, and today, I simply follow. Right now, I have a, a lot of fears that I'm wrestling with, but I know that each and every day, if I follow what this book tells me to do, which is to take an inventory, to ask God to remove my fear. Um, and at once, I will commence to outgrow fear. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much. Next, we have Nina W. followed by Cheryl L. Hi, this is Nina W. from Florida. Um, I really like this sentence because, you know, it's very interesting to me that we're all in this program together and yet our stories are so different, but we have that commonality. Listening to the first few people share, I was like, man, I could relate so much, but at the same time, I'm so different. Like I, for me, when the more fourth steps that I do, typically there aren't very many resentments. There might be a few resentments um, from the people that I have the most deep, intimate relationships with that have still not been resolved. But when I do my fears list, the fears list is like still super long. And I think for me, that's from kind of similar to what the last person shared, because I res- it resonated greatly. It was like, it's my self-reliance has failed me. I never trusted myself. And I think part of the reason why I never trusted myself is because I made bad choices um, over and over thinking that they were good choices. And, you know, I proved to myself that I, that I could not rely on myself. And as I started to work my program, you know, it, there was still that fear within and then turning to a higher power and having to rely on a higher power. I like, I don't immediately, I have trust issues. So I don't immediately trust that my higher power is going to be there for me and help me through all of these situations. But the longer I'm in program and the more, you know, repetition proves, right? So the more I practice giving it over and the more I practice and see the results, the better that relationship and that bond is forming. Um, right now, I struggling with my higher powers trying to show me that I have no other choice but to rely on him. That's kind of where my program has turned because I have been doing all of the things, you know, that are suggested as far as like reaching out to people and hitting my knees and all of these different things. And it, it doesn't matter. It does matter that I do those things because those are all tools of the program. But ultimately my higher power really just wants me to turn to him. And um, so it's been a little bit of a struggle because, you know, I still have that, that non-trust there, but um, yeah. So glad to be here with all of you and thanks for letting me share and I pass. 
Thank you, Nina. Cheryl L., you're up. Thank you, Diane. Hi, I'm Cheryl L. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater from New York. And um, I could identify with this passage. Um, We asked ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance had failed us? And um, I grew up in a home where I was often told to figure things out for myself. And, you know, as a kid, I guess I learned um, trial and error with a lot of errors and everything. Uh, but um, basically, I, I was propelled by self-reliance. But um, as I got older, uh, it, was co- it was fueled by substances, food, and then later on other substances. And, um, you know, I sort of got my courage uh, through uh, compulsive eating. Um, I had a lot of fears, uh, but basically the fear was that I wasn't going to be enough uh, for a situation, for a person, uh, for whatever. And um, I went through life. I got, I got kind of far too, but it was on fumes. I wasn't there uh, totally holy in body, mind, and spirit. I was there as a shell of myself. I was there as an active food addict. And um, that didn't hold up well. When the going gets tough, food makes a lousy higher power and and things. And um, I crashed and had to come into this program. And I've been in and out a few times of the rooms but uh, came back this time because it was like, you know, do it or you're not going to make it. And I decided I was going to try and make it this time. And um, I find uh, in this last stretch, which has been since about 2011, that um, when I turn things over to my higher power, uh, I the fear is eradicated or quieted to the point where I can do what I have to do. For real, I can do it without food or without other substances or processes. And um, I'm just grateful, you know. Um, I, I'm really myself uh, because I asked, just asked, you know, please see me through this and everything. I don't try not to give orders. It's just one request, help, you know, because I realize that I can't do it on my own. And as long as I recognize that I can't do it on my own, I'll get through it, whether that means making a phone call, whether that means praying, whether that means writing, whether that means going to a meeting, whatever it is. I, uh, today, I can turn outside of myself for help. Gentle reminder. Thank you. Um, I'm done. I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. If you could give me your name and the initial of your last name. Marie K. Anne Marie K. Connie G. Felicia S. Hi, Hold on, hold on. Connie G. Felicia F. Was it? S is in Sam. 
Great. Thank you. Who is next? Golda H. Golda H. Connie G. Connie G. Hold on. Let's see what we've got here. One, two, three. I think we could take maybe a couple more. Sherry H. Sherry H. Okay, let's stop there. This is a great lineup. So I have Amory K, Connie G. Oh, I have Connie G twice. Felicia S, Golda H, and Sherry H. From Amory, can you get us started, please? Yes, good morning, everybody. This is Amory K. I'm in Pennsylvania, and I'm a recovered but not cured uh, compulsive overeater. And uh, wow, the shares have been so amazing. And thanks, everybody, for doing service. And you know, fear for me, I never realized it, but I think about how many times I used to say that I'm so scared. I used to say that all the time. And as far as being resentful with it, man, I didn't recognize that. Thank God for this program because I see it today and I realized it was all based on expectations, huge abandonment issues, obviously, and just not figuring that I was as good as anybody else. And again, when it made me cocky because I assumed this alter ego role that would protect myself, man, I'll tell you what, and when Super Anne Marie came out, watch out. In fact, I didn't call her Anne Marie, I called her Anne. Anne Marie was my little girl. That's who I really was. But boy, Anne, she could just come through like a whirlwind and take care of everything. She never gave you a chance to ever say what you were thinking or finish it because she wanted to let you know she knew already what you were thinking and she had the all the answers. And I know that I did to protect myself, but, you know, I just couldn't stay in the now. I was always, always looking to the future. And that's why the first time years ago I came in here, I just didn't get the 24-hour, you know, conception of what I needed to do. Um, but, you know, I never learned to trust. Now, today, being, in re- being recovered, I realized that this infinite God that I had no understanding of could do everything for me that I just would never trust that he could do for me. And I was in the other meeting the other night, and I heard something that I, you know, as we all often do, as we do here, that I needed to remember. And I remembered that this was, this was such a great, great thing that... If God was small enough for me to understand, he wouldn't be big enough to solve my problems, but I can't. And boy, is that a relief. And the fact that when I reach out and do, I'm a sponsor, I learn so much what he wants me to know. I heard that earlier today in in, in the share about, you know, nothing assures us immunity. And that today is my gift of this program is that I don't have to be alone and that I don't have to be afraid. I don't know all the answers. I can say, you know, I don't know. Let me see what I can find. fear sometimes. And that's okay. But because, you know what, really the voice of the line is to Gentle reminder. So that will make me talk. Thank you. I want to just say, everybody, have a great day unless you made other plans. And if you can put your aside today, man, it'll be a great one. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Anne-Marie. 
Connie G, can you tell us where you're from, please? Good morning. Thank you all for all of your service. Thank you for letting me share. My name is Connie G out of Texas. I'm a fear. Fear, as the big book says, you know, is that eroding thread and it has robbed me of so many things because of being afraid to try, of being afraid to take the risk, of being afraid to do this relationship or that relationship. I feel like sometimes I've missed out on so many opportunities. But I know now this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm at. And yet fear still crops up. And I have to remind myself that they're just, you know, false events that appear real. As well as someone said once, when fear knocks, let faith open the door. And this morning that uh, for today talked about faith and having faith in my higher power and in my higher power will be the one that always, always is there to help me through the fear and help me realize that it's just a way of avoiding doing something that I need to do or avoiding doing something that may turn out to be great and just take that chance. So uh, just for today, um, place fear on the back burner and trudge forward one day at a time. So thank you guys for letting me share. Thank you, Connie G. Felicia S. followed by Golda H. Felicia star one, please. Can I be heard? Yes, now we hear you loud. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, I'm Felicia recovering compulsive overeater who is being failed by technology today. Um, You know, this, this paragraph is really important for me. Like, I've chronically relapsed for many years. And, you know, I have a new sponsor and I'm working through the work. And by grace I'm at, and God, I'm out of the food. And one of the things we're really looking at is I've listed my fears in the past, but if I thoroughly reviewed them, have I really looked at them? Did I dig deep? You know, I don't feel good enough. That's my fear, fear of not being good enough. But did I dig underneath that? Did I get to my fear of abandonment? Did I get to my fear of dying? Do I understand where where those fears all lead? You know, and for me, they lead to the fact that I'm afraid there really is no God. And he doesn't, if there is, he doesn't really love me because I'm not worth it. And what can I do to heal that? Like, what's that journey look like? And so it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And there are so many beautiful promises that happen as a result of being willing to really dig into my fears and following the directions as they're laid out here. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Felicia. Uh, Goldie H., and if you could tell us your state, please. Golda H. Yeah, hi. Right, very good. You could call me Goldie. Okay, so thank you very much. I'm a Golda, a compulsive eater. Um, I know what paragraph we're on, but I just want to jump back from, or jump ahead for a minute on awakening, because this morning I woke up in real fear, real fear, um, which is a familiar fear for me, my social phobia. I've been working on it for decades, and now I'm a recovered uh, 
compulsive um, overeater, and I'm in a different level of recovery now. So when I approach God in the morning, I go by the big book, and it says, before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonors, or self-ignorant motives. So I need to walk through those motives before I really get to my morning meditation where I actually make contact with my higher power. So to this morning, I really, for the first time, I don't know, it was amazing. I thought I was going to have to go for trauma therapy or find another 12-step program. There is no 12-step program for social phobia because nobody wants to show up. So anyway, um, but today I actually did my inventory. I did a 10-step inventory on the social phobia because I I send in my 10 steps anytime I'm disturbed to my sponsor now. And I was, God allowed me, enabled me, and showed me where I'm being dishonest and where I'm being uh, self-thinking and selfish and controlling and inconsiderate in each aspect of my social phobia. There are like three phases. So, and it's, it was amazing. And it's not like now I'm in heaven and I'm perfect and everything's great because this is a core volcano that lives inside of me and is coming off layer by layer. But what was shared before I really relate to, which is in all the 30 years in recovery in different fellowships, it always comes down to me and God. Am I giving myself over to God? Am I doing the seven-step prayer, the third-step prayer, the 11-step prayer? Um, Am I really, really saying, I can't do this, and no human being and no tool is going to save me except you? And the steps are the method and the way I can turn myself over to God. And um, it's very powerful, and it is, there's that scary moment when you realize there is nowhere else to turn. There is no human aid here. I have to turn to my higher power. And then you, I jump, and it works. It works, like was shared, it works every time. So I'm just so grateful for this program, and that's my chair. I'm in Israel, and we don't do phone numbers, right? We don't do phone numbers now. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Golda. There'll be time to leave your phone number later if you're an available sponsor. Um, thank okay. you for your share. Sh- okay. Sherry H., you're up, and if you could tell us where you're from, please. Good morning. My name is Sherry H. I am a compulsive overeater from Orlando, Florida. Um, thank you for letting me share. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, fear <laughs> and how everything in my life, uh, what I think are my problems, all seem to relate to fear. You know, my resentments relate to fear. You know, I resent my mom for various things, but really it comes down to I'm afraid I'm going to be just like her. And I resent, um, you know, resent my boss, but the fear is really that I'm not, not good enough or I'm not uh, going to have enough uh, money. And so it's just... Um, it's amazing how everything comes back to fear for me. And, uh, you know, fear, I'm never going to recover. Fear, fear, there is no higher power for me. Um, you know, I fear that I, and I, I've always had a fear that I can't be self-reliant or I won't have enough willpower and I, I can't solve this on my own. Um, 
fear that I'm not good enough, um, even even sharing, like fear that my share is going to be stupid, fear that people are going to think I'm, you know, it's inappropriate, uh, fear that my temp step is, is too petty and I really shouldn't talk to somebody about it. So I have so many uh, fears that just drive so much of my um well, my addiction and my condition and, and my life and, and the thing I need to just remember is I need to work on 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 getting rid of these fears. Uh, do some of the things that uh, the folks on this line have shared and how they um, they get past the fears and ask God what would, what would have me be and really work through them. So um, thank you for letting me share. Um, I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Sherry. We still have time for a couple of more shares. Would somebody else like to jump in? Sarah M. from Massachusetts. Sarah M. Susan S.H. Um, let's stop there. Okay, doke. So, Sarah M., you're up. Thank Hi, you. this is Sarah. Hello, this is Sarah M. from Massachusetts. Um, so, yeah, fear, big one for me. Uh, I've spent a lifetime spinning in it, and uh, typically when I have a fear, I'm going to run with it. Uh, I'll take something really small, and then I'll just immediately have it at catastrophic. Um, Zero to doomsday, as I shared with uh, somebody on the phone yesterday, another fellow, um, you know, recently I had my daughter uh, found a pack of cigarettes in her pocket, and... uh, Immediately took that right to, she's going to have emphysema, lung cancer, and uh, which is ridiculous, really. Um, But I grew up with a father that had uh, emphysema my entire childhood. So there was some historical fear attached to it. But uh, that's where my addict brain goes. It, It operates this way. It takes something small and then just blows it up. So, and, and I realized, you know, through working the steps and, you know, the help of fellows that when I'm living in fear, I, I'm, I'm always living in the future, you know, a future that isn't even, that hasn't even formed yet. And it's really kind of ridiculous to think about it. And, uh, and usually I'm just so consumed with anxiety and activity and, uh, and I've given up so many hours and years days to fear, you know, and um, it's really kind of sad. And, um, but the great news now is that I don't have to live that way 24-7. You know, today I take that fear as soon as I feel it coming in. Hopefully I catch it. Um, and I do a fear inventory. And when I, and I turn that fear over, I don't hold on to it for days, uh, a week, you know, I, I turn it over and I and I go to that fourth column. What would God have me be? And I try to live in that fourth column and um, trusting in God's plan, whatever it is. In the case of my daughter, whatever his plan is for her life. Um, and realize I'm not in charge of outcomes anymore. I've given that over. Um, but, you know, I can't do it alone. I need my fellows. And I'm so grateful for the folks on the line who the many times I've called them with their inventories have been able to really give me some solid advice about putting it in God's hands. And I realized today I don't have to suffer 
with this fearful thinking anymore. I can be free of it. And I'm just so grateful for that. And thank everybody on the line. I passed. Thank you very much, Sarah. Susan S.H., you're up. This is Susan, Susan Star S. One, please. Yeah, oh, okay. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio and very grateful to get a chance to speak. Um, fear. Fact is, I still get it. And uh, fact is, it usually has to do with where my reliance is. Um, yeah, self-reliance. That was, uh, I wanted to be self-reliant all my life and thought I kind of had it, but uh, today, as a recovered person, when I find myself in a fear, when I catch it, because sometimes it, I hang on to it a little before I realize, oh, this is a fear that I can take to a higher power. I ask myself, who am I relying on? Is it my higher power? Or am I trusting that he has this, that he has me? Or am I mentally trying to wrestle this fear down, relying on myself to fix it? And usually the, the truth is, yeah, I'm trying to fix it, and I lack the power to fix it. And the fear prayer has been extremely helpful to me, uh, asking God to remove this fear, direct my attention to what he would have me be, always reminding myself that my real reliance is on higher power and what my higher power almost always has to share with me is that he would have me trust trust he has me trust he knows his problems and trust it will pass trust 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 and that's why i've been hearing trust so very often in my practice lately so uh I'm glad to be talking about fear. I'm <laughs> okay with admitting I still get them, but I still, I, I have a wonderful relationship with a friend who knows who can help me. And that is my story. I pass. Thank you, Susan. We have time for a couple of more shares if somebody else or two people like to Give us your name. Margaret D. Georgia. Terry Margaret. K. And Terry, was it Terry K? Yes. Okay, so Margaret, you're up, and followed by Terry. Hey, everybody. Hey, Good morning. Good morning, um, and a big welcome to the... We lost you, Margaret. Star one to unmute, please. Here we go. Anyways, just wanted to say hello to everybody and and welcome to the newcomers and the still suffering compulsive eaters because there is an answer here in the rooms. Um, I've been blessed to have been given a shortcut through um, a lot of you know, the analyzing and the, you know, walking through the fears and the rest of that. And it came out of step 11, almost towards the end where it said, reminding ourselves many times during the day, thy will be done. And what I'm finding out is that if 
that not if, but I can remember to um, say this many times during the day because I'm not the one that's remembering it. I mean, for gosh sakes, I'm 71. I can't remember where I parked my car most of the times, but um, literally. But um, God <laughs> gives me the strength and gives me those little reminders about, hey, this is where you could repeat that or concentrate more on thy will be done. You know, what does God want me to do? And it's like when I concentrate on that, then the fear is just is gone because I'm not concentrating on it. And it seems like for me, I don't know how it is for anybody else, but I kind of suspect it might be the same thing, that what I concentrate on gets bigger and what I'm not concentrating on gets smaller, gets out of my uh, brain, it gets out of my heart, it gets out of my experience. And so if I concentrate on the fears, I'm not saying ignore them. What I'm saying is my concentration these days is going more to trying to just do that simple solution many times during the day, which is thy will be done. Um, Anyways, it's just kind of cool how this thing works. And um, I guess with that, I pass. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Margaret. Terry Kay, please tell us where you're Hi, I'm, hi I'm Terry Kay, a compulsive overeater from Long Island. Um, I'm just overwhelmed, like, listening to the people's responses on fear. Um, you know, I, I don't even realize how much fear I'm in throughout the day. Um, and somebody said something that just, you know, I have to remember, God is greater than me than may I or whatever the correct English is, um, you know, that I can't handle these fears. I can't control them. I can't control people. Um, but, you know, I have to remember to turn it over and just have faith over fear. Thank you. Pass. Thanks, Terry. Well, we still have more time. Um, yep, we could take two more shares. Vanessa, New Jersey. Vanessa in New Jersey. Royce, Anybody else? Royce, I'm sorry, I didn't Royce. hear you. Joyce? Royce. Yeah, Can Royce. Can you spell yeah. it? Um, R-O-Y-C-E. Royce yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So Vanessa in New Jersey, followed by Royce in Louisiana. Hi, I'm Vanessa, um, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, I I feel I've been on a vision for quite some time now, and I think this is my second share, but I usually don't share because I don't feel like I'm an expert <laughs> at the big book, but I feel like I'm sort of an expert in fear because um, it just, it like drives my life and it drives my everyday and there's anxiety about people's opinions and my boss and all these different things and um it's just ruminating and worrying and like I'm just 
like up my butt <laughs> thinking about myself all the time and how I'm gonna like travel and how I'm gonna get all of my needs um, met and all my wants um, and I'm not often like then like with the 12 steps I've been able to like pop out and like think about others and, and all that but I I'm just grateful that there is like a solution and, a, and something that I could rely on and when I'm in my head I'm that's like it gives me a message or information that I'm not connected to source and I'm not trusting and I really need others to help me like ask the questions of like, well, how would God want you to be? What What's the next step? Um, so when I'm like trusting and leaning on God, it just feels a lot better. And through my meditations, I can like, like lean back and trust on God. And sometimes I'll listen to music and try to get like just, like different like love songs or like listen to it in, in a way where God is um is is talking to me and I I got that um idea from another fellow so I'm just grateful grateful for the fellowship and just to be reminded that um there's something that's looking out for me I don't have to understand it and but but there's something that's guiding me and yeah I I'm just yeah, thanks for letting me share. I appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Royce, we have two minutes for you. Okay. Star one, please. Um, there you go. Um, good morning. This is Royce from New Orleans. Um, and I just want to, um, I guess, to tap on the last speaker, say how grateful I am that a, a powerful connection with our higher power early in the morning, first thing, can carry you through whatever it is that's that's going on. I had a week last week where um, things were very out of order um, for different reasons and some um, traumatic things happened. And for whatever the reason, um, and, I, and I wasn't awake in the morning early to do my meeting um, because I was injured. And so that just cascaded. My meditation time was cut short. And by the end of the week, I thought I was managing everything, of course, because of my self-will. And by Saturday, I was wanting to kick up. Like, it it, it was just a, everything piled up on top of me. I thought I was managing it. And so I guess I just can't under, I mean, I can't never underestimate the power of a, of a strong connection early in the morning before you get your day going. Because it really changes the entire way that you deal with everyone and everything in your life. And just when you think. Uh, as I was reminded last week, that you've got it on your own. You, you, you have it all wrong. So um, I needed that subtle reminder, and I'm grateful for it. So I hope you all have a great day, and um, stay warm. Uh, thanks, I pass. Thank you, Royce. Thank you to everyone who shared today. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning's meeting, March 16, 2023, um, at 7 a.m. is 20,056. That's 20056. So we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164. And Pam SR, would you please read our book is meant to be suggestive only? Yes. Hi, this is Pam SR living in Austin, Texas. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us 
ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, 